Good morning. Good morning. Wednesday the 14th, nine, just past nine o'clock. Uh, Brendan Courtney here in for, in for a few weeks, actually, delighted to say. Hope you're all very well. Uh, nearly cycled. Changed my mind last minute. Still a bit blustery, a bit scary. And it's dark when I'm coming in. So anyway, just looking across some of the newspapers today. Um, some great news, given the week that's in it. Some good news for Irish production. One of Netflix's most popular series, Wednesday. You know, the you've definitely seen it because it's literally been seen by millions of people. It's the Adams Family new franchise told from the perspective of Wednesday, the daughter. Remember Wednesday? Uh, is relocating its production to Ireland. It's starting production uh, it's, it's at the end of April. So Wednesday, it says one of Netflix's most popular series set to film in Ireland. It, uh, the first season was the most popular English language series on the streaming service with 252 million views, almost double the views of Stranger Things season four. I was, I was quite surprised at that. Uh, didn't really get into it, but I think what's interesting about it is the first season of the Jenna Ortega-led series was shot in Romania, September 21 to March 22. And following that series' success internationally, the Wednesday sets became major tourist attractions giving Romania, Romania's tourism industry, a, a, quite a big boost. Quite interesting, isn't it? So where will it be recorded in Ireland? Will Wicklow, Donegal, Clare? I actually holidayed up in Donegal uh, just in, when we were allowed, when uh, restrictions were breaking and we were allowed to travel a little bit on Inishown Peninsula on Malin Head on Hell's Hole Beach. And it's where loads of the most recent uh, Star Wars movies were made. And one of the nights we were there, we were in one house, there was another house, and you, can, you couldn't make out faces, but you can make out people. A load of Jedi came out of the house and lit the beach up and did reenactments on the beach. So yeah, I mean, those houses were booked constantly by film fans. So it's quite exciting and interesting. I wonder where they'll be filming the next season of Wednesday in Ireland. I, we just heard, if you were listening just before the news there, the uh, promo for Joaquin Phoenix's new movie, Napoleon. I went to Killers of the Flower Moon, Leonardo DiCaprio's three and a half hour epic true story film. I actually really enjoyed it. I'm not, I'm not one for a long movie. I, I loved it. I would recommend it. But Napoleon the, was in the, the promotion at the start and it does look fantastic. And The Guardian, Peter Bradshaw of The Guardian, has given it a... Uh, five stars rating. He says many directors have tried following Napoleon where the paths of glory lead and maybe it is only defined defeat that is really glorious but Ridley Scott, the Wellington of cinema, has created an outrageously enjoyable cavalry charge of a movie, a full tilt biopic of two and a half hours, which is better than three, in which Scott doesn't allow his troops to get bogged down mid-gallop in the muddy terrain of either fact or metaphysical significance, the tactical issues that have defeated other filmmakers. So it lo- I, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm not normally a one for a war film, but uh, the, uh, the promo looked absolutely amazing. Now, we talk a lot about dogs. Uh, forgive my uh, husky voice, I still have that head cold. I'm nearly there, nearly there. Thanks for all your kind wishes. Um, we talk. We talked a lot about dogs, so we we feel we should balance it out a little bit. And here's a couple of stories about cats. This is this is what we live for. This is what we live for. I love animals. Um, a Stevenage cat, which is just outside London, the UK, hopes for a chart hit with a Christmas single. A cat whose pictures went viral for regularly visiting a railway station is releasing a Christmas single. Four-year-old Nala has been delighting commuters who have been taking photographs of her for quite a time now at Stevenage Station. Owner Natasha Amber revealed the cat was releasing a single called 
geniusly meow and has been approached for a book deal. It's been produced by a man called Danny Kirsch uh, who wrote it with, we've got all the details here. She wants to spread the happiness, Miss Amber, the owner said, that Stephen has had and she's uh, and she's spread lots of happiness through her social media channels as well. Well, as luck would have it, we have the exclusive of that Christmas single, just a taster of it. Have a listen to this, see what you think. Genius, genius. I, I don't wonder where they got the words from. Go on, play it again. Let's hear it. <laughs> now, I, I'm a dog person. I love cats as well. I love all animals. But uh, if it was going, if it was a Jack Russell going, woof, 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 I probably would absolutely love it. But there you go. Best of luck uh, to uh, Nala for the Christmas number one slot. Uh, and to, to really balance out how much I talk about dogs, another cat story. Um, This is kind of cute though. Shoppers have threatened a boycott after Tesco cat is banned from store. The Metro tells us. Shoppers are threatening to boycott Tesco store. Their favourite customer, this cat, has been banned. Pet lovers in Hornsey, North Yorkshire, are outraged and threatened to not come back to a shop after Lincoln, is the name of the cat, who's been lounging in the store for three years, won't be allowed back due to health and safety reasons, Tesco has said, as they'll gently encourage the local celebrity to leave the store from now on. One passionate fan of Lincoln told the BBC, this will definitely be my last visit to Tesco if Lincoln isn't reinstated. They won't be getting another penny out of me. He just brightens your day when you see him. It's just so lovely and affectionate. And Lincoln's owner said... "I." I can't say to Lincoln, I'm sorry, son, you're not allowed to Tesco today. He'll go wherever he wants. If he sat there, there's nothing I can do and he's not doing any harm. Do we think cats should be allowed to sit inside supermarkets? Interesting. Text 51551. I'm not sure how I feel about it, to be perfectly honest. Now, animal stories from the sublime to the ridiculous. I'm sure what other way would you have it? (laughs) <laughs> Clucky guests enjoy five-star luxury as hen hotels boom, the Daily Telegraph tells us. Middle-class families, they've decided to give them a, a, a genre and a, re- and a reason to be, are paying to have their chickens pampered in hen hotels uh, and where they're played classical music and fed fruit and vegetables. <laughs> A growing number of businesses are now offering boarding services for chickens following a post-pandemic boom in people keeping the birds. Here, this is the, the reason this story is being read is literally this for this word. The hennels <laughs> charge owners a fee to look after their birds when they're on holiday or moving house, providing a roost, feed and water, as well as other services. We have a name, Katrina Shovlin, who runs a boarding service in Upchurch, Kent, said her guests are given soft bedding, the chickens, a full menu, it's getting ridiculous now. An unlimited access to a Wendy house and swings. <laughs> Think about that when you're having your sandwich at lunch. There you go. Just oh, we've got some text in here. Uh, the streaming version of Napoleon will have an extra hour. My goodness, thank you so much, Brian in Dublin, letting us know. So that'll be a three and a half hour Napoleonic epic. That's very interesting. Okay, have you ever made beds for a living? Have you ever worked as a chamber person? Same chamber person, I'm being so PC right now. Have you been a chambermaid? Um, I have worked in a couple of hotels, of course I have, yeah. Um, well, this really excites me. America's best housekeepers uh, win Las Vegas competition after beating rivals at making beds, vacuuming mats and mopping floors. Now, it's uh, hundreds of hospitality workers uh, were hoping to clean up at the Housekeeping Olympics have mocked and vacuumed and swept their way through this year's games. The hotly anticipated competition came back with a bang for its 33rd year. 
last Monday following a four-year hiatus due to the pandemic. The Las Vegas event saw cleaning professionals compete in a range of domestic competitions in teams of three or more. Competitors descended on the Mandalay Bay, which we've all heard of, Michelob Ultra Arena, to compete in six events. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm just rating myself in here. In the mop race, competitors must salome around wet floor signs as part of a relay team in a test of speed and agility. There's the bed making round, assesses entrance speed and accuracy while in the speed vacuum while in the speed vacuuming challenge, competitors must scoop up pieces of confetti from carpet in the quickest time. I, funny, I went, I remake the bed all the time if it's not made properly. Are you like me? Other highlights include the buffer pad toss, which sees teams attempt to catch the cleaning products on plungers. And the executive race is typically a relay style event with previous years asking teams to throw toilet brushes into bins as part of the race. Meanwhile, the spirit award is given to the team that puts the best choreographer dance routine. So they do a dance routine at the end and someone can win. Okay, just to let, take to, to break the suspense, the team from the Bellagio Hotel and Casino cleaned up on the award podium as they scooped the top prize of overall winners, as well as first place in bed-making category. Just something about that I would love to try. Sometimes if I make my bed before I go to the gym, I can safely say I'm warmed up. <laughs> Because it's quite physical making beds. And I'm very particular about how the bed should be made. Yeah, look, as my sisters say who have children, that's the, the voice of somebody who doesn't have children. Just a Jack Russell. I have the time, I have the time. You know, yesterday we were talking uh, all things AI and there was a huge reaction on, on my social medias as well to the incredible Dr. Uh, Abeba Berhani, who is... Um, She's actually a cognitive scientist, but has been appointed to the UN sort of special task force on AI regulation. And she actually alleviated a lot of our fears, but was also, you know, optimistically cautious about AI. Well, hallucinate uh, is Cambridge Dictionary's word of the year, and it's directly related to AI. They've, they've just put straight away underneath AI tools have hallucinated false biased or harmful information. So Cambridge Dictionary has announced Hallucinate as the word of the year. Uh, the news follows a year-long surge in interest in, in uh, generative artificial intelligence tools like ChatGDP, which we talked about yesterday. But it also draws attention towards the limitations of AI and whether they can be overcome. So AI tools, especially when using large language models, which she was explaining to us yesterday, they collate this data, have been capable of generating plausible prose, but they often do so using false or misleading or made-up facts and this is where the new use of the word hallucinate comes on. They hallucinate in a confident, confident and sometimes believable manner. The Cambridge Dictionary, the world's most popular online dictionary for learners of English, has updated its definition of hallucinate to account for the new meaning. So the traditional definition of hallucinate is uh, to seem to see, hear, feel or smell something that does not exist, usually because of a health condition or because you've taken a drug. The new additional definition of hallucinate is when an artificial intelligence, a computer system that has some of the qualities that the human brain has, such as an ability to produce language in a way that seems human, hallucinates, it produces false information. That's fascinating, isn't it? There you go. A couple of texts. Uh, uh, lots of us are, are allergic to cats and dogs. Uh, the hypogenically totally unacceptable. <laughs> yeah, now you're, you're absolutely hygienically totally unacceptable in and around food. If you're allergic to cats and dogs, I absolutely uh, accept that text. You're dead right. So maybe they shouldn't be in supermarkets. Anyway, uh, loads to come. We're going to be talking to uh, a Limerick-based woman who started her own business and is competing with the Kardashians. Uh, let's take a little track from the Talking Heads. 
Uh, yesterday I was talking about my favourite fragrance. In fact, it's the only fragrance I wear, Nanuco, which I started wearing when visiting Spanish students would bring it when I was about 13 or 14 and stay in our house. And it's a lemony, gorgeous smell. I got a text then saying, Brendan, you brought back memories this, yesterday morning. You can get Nanuco in McCabe's pharmacy. I buy it in Dundrum. It's a spritz bottle and it's 9.99. I used to go on Spanish student exchanges and also fell in love with it. I would go to Spain for a month at a time and learn Spanish. I'm now 44 and I still use it. And Denise from Walkinstown joins me on the Phone. Hello, Denise. Hey, you're Brendan. How are you? Are you lemony fresh? I'm lemony fresh. <laughs> do you wear it every day? Listen, I do wear it every day. I have it in the bathroom on the shelf, and it's a great one just to splash on as you as you jump out of the shower. And I forget about um, it, but do you find when you put it on, if you meet people, they comment on your fragrance? Absolutely, all the time. What do they say? They just say, "Oh my God, what are you wearing?" Yeah. Yeah, and, and it's you know, it's just it's just, and the good thing about it is, I think that women and men can wear it as well. Um, it's 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 wonderful. It's particularly nice, I think, in the summertime. You know, when you kind of kind of get a bit hot and sweaty, and <laughs> I, I mean, I wouldn't go on holidays without it. Put it that way. And it's kind of just to give people an insight. It's a lemony, fresh smell, isn't it? It's 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 a real cologne. And then when I first came across that they were in these big long, I think they're nearly two litre bottles That's it. in Spain, and they'd keep them at the side of the bath or the shower, and they'd be huge, like they'd be like barrels. Um, and you know they just splashed it on after their showers, and that's how I fell in love with it over in Valencia. And then um, as the years went on, I just I just kept looking for smaller options, and I nearly died then about what ten or twelve years ago when I came across it here in um, in Ireland in McCabe's pharmacies in Dundrum, and they have a smaller bottle. It's about four hundred mils with a spritzer. So I love that I, only... Irish people are more like. We're spritz. We don't splash it on like Spanish no, people. No, we don't splash it on. Sure, it'll end up all over the floor. I have to get the mop out, Brendan. So, um, no, I get the spritz one. But listen, it's great. Now, they also have travel size now as well, which is super because you can pop it in your handbag if you're going into the office for the day. And just freshen up. Uh, listen, it just evokes so many memories for me and all those years I spent in Spain. So, it, yeah. listen, if anybody is thinking about uh, kind of freshening up, get yourself to McCabe's or any of the other pharmacies that have it. And get You'll fall in love with it. You'll it really pass will. it down to your kids. It's wonderful. It really is, isn't it? I want, like it really touched a chord with people of a certain generation who remembers travelling. And I wonder, I always, I still don't know the answer to this question, Denise, because it kind of stings if you've shaven, right? I often wonder, do they actually put it on babies? No, there's a baby version, Brendan. Ah, you've solved yeah. that for me now. Thank yeah. God. Yeah, there's yeah. a baby version of it. It says Bebe on the front of it, B-E-B-E, which is not even Spanish, but <laughs> it, there is a baby version. Okay. Um, but also there's another perfume that all the Spanish kids used to wear. I don't know whether you're um, the ones that came to your house wore it. It was a, a cheapy kind of a perfume called Don Algodon. No. And it was a clear glass bottle with a navy blue lid. And this was the, I suppose it was the dupe of, of the time. time. <laughs> um, or the tribe for us. Uh, that uh, when we were young, we used to wear a tribe. Uh, what was the other one? CK1. Remember, remember CK1? <laughs> I remember. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But Don Algodon and, um, and Nanuco were ah. the big ones for the Spanish students. And like I say, I kept that tradition up. And now my kids even wear it too. Um, so I'm delighted to see, as I say, that so many people now know that it's still out there. And uh, listen, it's just a classic. Well, inspired by you, Denise, I'm going to walk around smelling like a human lemon for the next for the well, rest of the week. To me, absolutely. No, no better man. I'm sure you smell great anyway, Brendan. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Denise. 
I love that chat with Sinead and Mary from Vatus, an Irish news story. Um, they're so brilliant at what they do and loads of love for them on the texts. But we were talking about the homekeeping Olympics in Las Vegas, which is where, peop, you know, house, house, house chambermaids and cleaners and housekeepers compete in competitions like making beds. Anyway, I think I'm pretty good at making beds and I'm quite into it. it it's a bit of an OCD thing for me, but never mind. Uh, and somebody described, said they, they do it with the perfect corner. I don't know what that is. A couple of texts here. Brendan, the perfect corner, tuck in the end of the top sheet, lift up the end that's hanging down on the right and tuck in the end and then leave the end hanging down do the same on the other side it's almost like a V-shape oh I kind of get that I'm more of a demo kind of person though I still do it to this day the perfect even corner Maria and it just gives you a sense of a lift in your day doesn't it Maria uh, first introduction another texter says to making a bed properly was in the Gale talk to Closh and Levine and Ross Muck when I was just 12 God love you. Every Saturday the Ard Kinnery or supervisors arrived and would inspect the way you made your bed Sounds like the army had to be made with envelope corners and sheets without any creases or you'd be grounded for the day. Oh my goodness, I'm sure the Gale Talk has changed now, hasn't it? It's all about, we used to call them continental quilts, remember? Duvets. All the rich people in the estate got the continental quilts first. We were still scratching under itchy rugs. Brendan, I have an alarming text here. Uh, I've never heard of this and this is terrifying me. Help, says this texter. Yesterday I found evidence of a rodent in my car. What? I got a friend to set a trap this morning. There's a little mouse corpse. I'm totally freaked. Does anyone know how to prevent a recurrence? Mary, I just had this image of this little family living in your glove compartment. <laughs> Santa's coming. Oh my goodness, Mary. Do you know what? While we figure out what to do with Mary's rodent in her car, let's just take a song. Uh, Free Wheel from Duke Special. nice isn't it and Orla agrees Orla texts oh my goodness Duke special spent many a good night with my now hubby at Duke's gigs up and down the country a more talented and nicer chap you couldn't meet made my day you're very welcome Orla thank you yourself okay so (laughs) mouse in car happened to me a few years back says another texter most important do not leave food in your car for long periods okay Uh, especially overnight it's a more common problem than Mary might think. Thanks, Mark and Cork. Hi, <laughs> uh, tell Mary to contact and or your insurance or garage. Uh, the mouse could have chewed wires. Oh, your insurance could cover it. Wow, true story. I know a person that knew a person that knew a person. Thank you for that. Um, hi, Brendan. Oh, that's gone now. Okay, now. <laughs> so, on yesterday's show, we spoke to Darcy, a student, and her lovely teacher, Connor, from St. Oliver Post Primary School in Meath, about some ways to be more sustainable with your clothing. They're doing a whole circular thing where uh, TY students are organising uh, other students bring in unwanted clothes and they swap and it's free. We want to take a minute to talk about how to be more sustainable with event wear. So throw your mind back a couple of weeks. Witches hats, capes, Barbie wigs were being bought by the cartload. All the stuff 
for Halloween. Can you imagine? But before you toss it out and pack them away to be never seen again, Derry Saban Waste and Recycling Office, Julie Hanway, has a solution. Hello, Julie. She joins me now. Good morning. How are you? I'm very well. How are you? Thanks for joining us. Um, uh, this is a great good, initiative. Thank you. So tell us about your costume recycling bins. Yes, yeah, so this year we decided um, because Derry is one of the biggest uh, Halloween cities in Europe, um, we see a lot of fabulous costumes every year. And um, from our experience, we know that people tend to wear a costume once and then not necessarily throw it away, but store it in an attic, clutter mm. up their homes, and it's never seen again. So we decided this year to do a costume swap shop where we asked people to drop off old costumes at some of our boutique bins. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we had those in the city, throughout the southern district, and then we held a costume swap day on well, it was actually National Costume Day oh, on right. the 14th of October. Oh, very good. And loads of people, families, teenagers, adults alike came along and left that day with a costume that cost them absolutely nothing. Wow. So it was saving um, items going to landfill, saving uh, clutter in people's homes. And it really was uh, a massive success. So it's something that we extended then for another two weeks beyond Halloween and something we are definitely going to make an annual event. So it's often the things that are the most obvious that are right in front of your face that you don't think of. So of course you only wear a costume once. Most nearly, you can nearly say without doubt, right? People will only wear it once. Do they reuse bits from the previous years? Well, sometimes I have a favourite costume that's kept there and if I decide I'm not going out and then somebody says on Halloween night, come on, we'll all go out. It gets trailed out every year. (laughs) But most (laughs) people, I think, like to see a different costume and photographs and they post it on their social media. Um, And what we found was the donations that came in. People provided all the accessories that came with that they came with the costume or that they had bought to go along with their costume. So, yeah, people people may use things that they already have. And in the past, I mean, years and years ago before these ready-made disposable costumes um, came on the market, people made their own costumes and there was so much fun in making your own costume years ago. Um, but because of the convenience of these costumes that are just in a pack and you're ready to go, they've become the, the very popular um, choice. And, and you, it's like the waste at Christmas, isn't it? But you're really highlighting this from Halloween because hi, Halloween is just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. As it, it, And it's really big, as you said, in Derry as well, right? Yeah, it really is. And people are loving having parties and having an excuse just to dress up and have fun and leave behind who they are throughout the rest of the year and just become this different character. Um, so it's very popular. And it's very costly as well. Yeah. Um, not just on your pocket, but on the environment as well. So just very, just, just, just very quickly, you're encouraging schools yep. and other councils to think about getting uh, getting a costume swap started for next year, aren't you? Absolutely, yeah. But we would 100% encourage it. And even if um, a, a big council doesn't, isn't able to get involved, even do it locally, do it at a community centre, do it at a school, you know, get people to start bringing in the items that they don't want and just have a, a swap shop in school. We are actually going to launch now next week 
Next week is the European Week for Waste Reduction. Very good. And because of the success of our Halloween costume swap, we're going to do a Christmas jumper swap. Brilliant idea. Because it's exactly the same thing. People buy these Christmas jumpers, wear them once. Thank you. They so- get folded up and put in your cupboard and... You don't want to throw it out thank, because these things. Thank cost you a lot so of much, money. Julie. It's a brilliant idea. And if you're in Derry or Saran, you can head to recycling.derrysaran.com uh, to see the bin locations and the, the Christmas jumper swap. It's a brilliant idea. Thank you so much, Jill, uh, Julie Hanway. Let's take a quick break. I really want to leave you with this text. Hi, Brendan. Driving to Belfast and noticed a bag in the footwell of my car moving and a mouse popped out. Beyond terrified, couldn't do anything. Eventually stopped, let all doors open. The mouse escaped. Leave you with that. Claire's up after the news. Have a great day.